Hey, y'all. Welcome to Recharting Your Life with Hope. I'm your host, Hope Cook. I created this podcast to help women who have amazing careers on paper and yet something is missing. You're feeling out of alignment or directionless. Maybe you're no longer motivated or excited about how you spend your days. On top of all that, I'm guessing you feel guilty because you're not more grateful for your job. And maybe you even wonder how you can possibly keep going doing this for another 10, 15, or 20 years when you can barely make it through Wednesday. Let me tell you, I've been there. After 20 years with a rewarding career as a physician assistant, I could not figure out what was wrong with me. I felt pulled in a new direction, but didn't know what that was. A series of books and conversations led me to a life-changing decision to cut way back on my day job and become a life coach. My passion became helping other women figure out what it is they want to do and map out a path to get there. So listen weekly for tips and tools you can use to chart your own journey. I have exciting news. Okay, y'all, starting in January, probably mid-January, we're going to have group coaching. The thought occurred to me as I was leading this other business mastermind with a friend, like, why am I not doing a group coaching for women who are stuck in their careers, who aren't sure if they can keep going in the same job, and who aren't sure what to do to sort of fill themselves up again? They're feeling depleted and drained and burned out. Like, what do I need to do with the rest of my life? Or what is my next right step? Not even the rest of my life. What is my next right step? So anyway, we're starting this group coaching. If you would like to apply, I need you to email me, oldtimeemailhope.cook at gmail.com because I want to make sure we have a good fit, a good group of women who can really support each other. And by the end of this, you're going to know what to do, what's your next right step as far as your career. All right, reach out. Can't wait to hear from you. I'm reading a book that my therapist recommended called Reviving Ophelia. Saving the Selves of Adolescent Girls. And I'm not even like two chapters into the book, but I wanted to podcast today about something that's in the introduction that caught my eye and just like slapped me in the face. So it's talking about how women lose themselves. So it's um, all about how before the age of 10 or 11, we are truly ourselves. And if you have a girl, you know this is true. I mean, you can see that they're just they're brave, they're courageous, they're uh, fully themselves. They're not self-conscious yet. Um, My daughter's 10, almost 11. So she's just starting to get to that phase where she's watching what other people are thinking or she's watching what she thinks other people are thinking about her. Um, But this, I wanted to read this to y'all. The way girls handle the problems of adolescence can have implications for their adult lives. Without some help, the loss of wholeness, self-confidence, self-direction can last well into adulthood. Many adults struggle with the same issues that overwhelmed them as adolescent girls. 30-year-old accountants and realtors, 40-year-old homemakers and doctors, 35-year-old nurses and school teachers ask the same questions and struggle with the same problems as their teenage daughters. Yesterday, my sister-in-law called and asked if I saw clients who are struggling with what to do when their kids leave home. 
And I thought about it and I said, well, it's kind of the same thing as career issues. They're, they're trying to figure themselves out. They're trying to figure out what fills up their bucket. And that could be your career. It could be a hobby. It could be a relationship. But yeah, it's the same thing. You feel lost and you feel like you've lost yourself and you're trying to figure it out. Um, the author of this book, Mary Pfeiffer, goes on and she says, um, they come into therapy because their marriage is in trouble or they hate their jobs or their own daughter is giving them fits. Can I get an amen? Maybe their daughter's pain awakens their own pain. Some are depressed or they're chemically addicted or have stress-related illnesses, ulcers, colitis, migraines, or psoriasis. Another amen, y'all. Many have tried to be perfect women and have failed. Even though they followed the rules and did as they were told, the world did not reward them. They felt angry and betrayed. They feel miserable and taken for granted, used rather than loved. And she goes on to say how women often know how everybody in their family feels and thinks except themselves. They're great at balancing the needs of their coworkers, their bosses, their husbands, their children, and their friends, but they forget to put themselves into the equation. So we, the, the bottom line is we forget ourselves. And when I had a baby 15 years ago, I did not know what was happening to me, but I knew that something vital had been lost. And yes, having a baby is a miracle and I wouldn't trade him for the world, but it, I, I was sitting over a bowl of cereal, Lucky Charms, cause that was back in the day when I didn't care what I ate. And I was sobbing. I couldn't even like put the food in my mouth and swallow it because I was like uh, just so upset and didn't know why. I just knew I didn't want to take care of another person that day. I wanted to take care of me, but I didn't, I didn't know how to verbalize that. I just knew that, oh my gosh, this person is depending on me and my needs have taken a backseat. And that's what we do as mothers. That's what you have to do. If you have a kid with disabilities, if you are different abilities, if you have a husband who's um, suffered uh, some kind of major health crisis, if you have aging parents, you do put your own needs on the back seat. So we're going to get to that too. But yeah, what about me? What about me? And so this continued. I had my kids four and a half years apart and, you know, it was all about babies, all about work. And then when my daughter was about two or three months old, I went to my first yoga class ever. My sister-in-law took me, God bless her. And I remember laying on the mat and it may have been during Shavasana, but I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, like this little rectangle square of rubber, like this is my space. Nobody else is on this space. And this moment in time belongs to me. And it was just such an aha moment. So that's what made me start loving yoga was just that for those few minutes for that hour or however long the class lasted, I belonged back to myself. Today, I dropped my daughter off at school and she forgot her water bottle and she's like, can you just run home and get it? And without even thinking, without pausing, I said, sure, I'll run home and get it. And as I'm driving back home, grab the water bottle, grab, run back to school. I thought, what am I doing? She can drink water out of the water fountain. What am I doing? And so I want y'all to start with little things like, what do I really want? Now, if I had paused, I would have said, you know, 
I actually would like for her to have a water bottle. They're going on a field trip today. I do want her to have a water bottle. So I choose to go home and get it. But so often as moms, we don't make a choice. We just do it. And then we find ourselves feeling resentful or bitter or just lost. We just don't know what to do. And then one day when our kids leave home, we are all alone. And for the first time in years, we look around and we think, who am I? What happened to me? And like this um, book says, I mean, you sort of rediscover, or if you're lucky, you rediscover who you were before all this, um, before you lost yourself. So the book goes on to say, so many adult women think they're stupid and ugly. Many feel guilty if they take time for themselves. They don't express anger or ask for help. We talk about childhood, what the woman was like at 10 and 15. We piece together a picture of childhood lost. We review her own particular story, her own time in the hurricane. Memories flood in. There are often tears, angry outbursts, and sadness for what has been lost. So much time has been wasted pretending to be who others wanted. But also, there's a new energy that comes from making connections, from choosing awareness over denial, and from telling of secrets. So, yeah, you you finally get to ask yourself, what do you want? Now, if your kids are little and you're like, well, that sounds lovely, but that ain't happening for another 15 years. Hang in there because you are going to ask yourself what you want for little things. You're going to rediscover yourself little piece by piece, like following the little breadcrumbs. Um, I've mentioned Julia Cameron's book. Her book is called The Artist Way. And you don't have to be an artist to read this book. But the point of taking yourself on a weekly date. Now, this could be a date upstairs while your kids are sleeping to watch a rom-com. It could be taking yourself to the grocery store without kids. Y'all, about eight years ago, I swore I would never take my kids to the grocery store again for a full shopping trip. We, we, we might run in and grab a few things, but I lost all joy of grocery shopping when my kids were with me. So maybe your date is just to go grocery shopping by your dang self. Grab a coffee. You know, a lot of grocery stores have coffee now. It could be pleasant. <laughs> I'm serious. It could be very pleasant grocery shopping. Okay. Some other examples I wanted to throw out there. When you get your family pictures on Shutterfly or however you collect your pictures, how many pictures of you are there? You know this is true. If you're a mom, especially, there are almost no pictures of you. Now, we'll have to see if if the generation today who are in their like 20s, they're big on selfies. So maybe there will be pictures of them um, when they're moms and in their 30s or 40s. But right now, there are almost no pictures. So here's a little thing that you can do. If you sign up to get your pictures taken with a photographer, have them make a picture of you all by yourself. You are going to feel silly and you're going to probably feel selfish that you're taking away from time that she could be, he or she could be snapping pictures of the kids. But you'll be glad you did it. So a professional picture all by yourself. The thought also occurred to me that back in my 20s and 30s, I thought that I had to have a, a good excuse to have time by myself. So I joined, I mean, I had a Bible study going all the time. I even started one. And it's not that I 
cared that much about learning scripture. Sorry, mom. It was just that I thought I needed an excuse to get together with women and leave the kids with my husband. Um, I mean, I did that over and over. I also joined a book club. I started a book club. I started a writing club. I've started so many things. And in hindsight, it wasn't that I liked being Miss Leader and Miss Organizer. That part actually didn't light me up. What I liked was having an excuse to get out of the house. And, you know, maybe that's what with work and going back from maternity leave, that had to be part of it was that, you know, that was my time. I had a whole hour at lunch. I used to um, when I could just do what I wanted to do without the kids there. I could be in the car by myself, not listening to the kids songs. I could be listening to the radio or to a podcast. Um so if you're in this boat, if you're like, yeah, I haven't thought about what I wanted in ages, here's what we're going to do. We're going to work on this because if you aren't making decisions to lead your life the way you want to, you are going to find yourself, you're going to wake up one day and have this huge midlife crisis where you're like, holy heck, what the, what is going on in my life? Who am I? I think I was about 37 when I sort of had this first aha of like, oh my gosh, who am I? And I felt so lost. I mean, I remember sitting on the back steps of our, um, like we had this little porch and I was sitting on these cement steps and my son was playing in the yard. I was probably holding my daughter because she was about two. And I just remember having this like, oh my gosh, this is my life. It's wonderful, but who am I? If you haven't gotten there yet, just hang on. Um, I would, the first book I found that really helped was Sue Monk Kid, um, Awakening the Heart. I think that's what it's called. Um, and she describes how she sort of had this aha of like, who am I? She was a nurse and she didn't really want to stay a nurse, but that's kind of, you know, what we do. Once you go to school and you get a degree, you just do it. So she really wanted to be a writer. Um, and as she describes sort of that awakening that she went through of, you know, I'm not just a nurse. I'm not just a mother. I still am a person beneath all this. And what does she want? So anyway, I remember calling, I called my sister-in-law, I called, um, I think I called one other friend and I was like, have y'all gone through this? And they, they offered, uh, you know, some reassurance, but I don't think they had fully gone through it. Um, and I remember one of them said like, maybe you should see a therapist, maybe you should get on medicine. And that's what we do. Seeing a therapist is not a bad thing. That's a great thing. And medicine, if you need it, if you're super depressed or anxious, but if you're doing it just to numb those feelings of like feeling lost or confused and kind of waking up to who you are, then it's not going to help in the long run because you will wake up one day. If you don't do this work now, you are going to wake up one day and think, oh my gosh, who am I? It might be when the kids leave home. It might be when your you know, spouse passes away one day. All right, so here's how you do it. How do you rediscover yourself? If you have lost yourself in your relationship, your job, or mothering, here's how you're going to find yourself. Number one, how would you treat an old friend that you've rediscovered? Like, let's say your best friend from childhood moved to your town. Y'all used to just adore each other. So how would you treat that friend? 
mean, chances are you would ask her what she wants to do. You would reach out to her. You would check in with her often. So you're going to date yourself. You're going to spend time with yourself and nobody else. This is how you learn to love yourself. You're going to ask yourself, Hope, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? What do you want to eat? You're going to start with small things. So like I said, Julia Cameron um, talks about the artist date. You don't have to be an artist. There's really not art involved per se. What it is, is you set aside, you know, 30 minutes minimum a week to ask yourself what you want and you plan it. You plan it, you know, a week or a few days ahead of time and you put it in your calendar and nothing can mess that up. So it could be that you take yourself upstairs, like I said, you watch a movie. Um, I have taken myself to a pottery class. I've taken myself to the botanical gardens, which is free. I've taken myself to Target, which is fun. When you go all by yourself, that's a, and when everybody else is at work, that is fun. To me, you'll have to figure out what's fun for you. Going to Target may be not fun. Um, number two, you're going to learn to love yourself by actually looking at yourself in the mirror and not criticizing yourself. So if you cannot look at your whole body, I've heard that some people, I, di I didn't know this was a thing, but I didn't realize that some people don't look, they never see themselves naked. <laughs> because they're so freaked out by it. So if you're like that, not that you should be prancing around the house butt naked, but if you can't look at yourself in the bathroom mirror, at least look at your eyes. Like look yourself in the eyes and send yourself loving thoughts. I love you unconditionally. I accept you. You are amazing. You give yourself high five like Mel Robbins says in her book. I think it's called The High Five Habit. Um, yeah, so start paying yourself compliments to yourself in your head or out loud or on paper. Number three, learn what your values are. So look up Brene Brown list of values. Don't write down ones that you think should be your values. Write down the ones that really resonate. And this may take weeks of you kind of chewing on it to figure it out. I've told you one of mine is freedom. So I'm going to honor that. If something makes me feel trapped, I am not going to do it. I'm going to do everything I can to not do it. Um, and these values are going to be the walls around which you build your life. So if it's um, another one of mine is efficiency. So I think I told you all about sitting in Sunday school and how it was like, what do y'all want to talk about? What do you want to talk about? What should we do today? And that felt painful because it was so inefficient. So things like that, I have started noticing. And it's not that I'm going to get up and walk out, but I'm going to ask myself like, hey, if this goes on week after week, is this something you want to continue going to? Probably not. Number four, ask yourself what you want with little things and honor that. So food, start with food. What do I want to eat? I made a crock pot of chicken chili tonight. And if I get home and I'm like, ugh, the smell of cumin is like grossing me out. I'm hot. I really just want something cold. I want a smoothie. I'm not going to make myself eat that pot of chicken chili. I'm going to make myself a smoothie. 
And even though that seems like a little thing, it is going to help you show up for yourself in a big way. I mean, imagine if you had, let's say you had like a husband who was like, hey, what do you really want? I'll fix anything for you. Um, And you said, I'm just kind of hot. And he's like, how about a smoothie? And you're like, oh, that's a lot of trouble. And he's like, no, really, I want to make you a mango spinach smoothie. I mean, how awesome would that be? So you're going to do this for yourself. You're not going to rely on your husband or anybody else to fill that bucket. You're going to do it yourself. And then you're going to move on to bigger things. So we're getting ready to, we're planning this trip to Italy. And I really wanted to go to Tuscany. And I know it's because I've read romantic books about Tuscany and seen movies, but I was afraid to speak up because my husband had this itinerary that he'd sort of planned and it did not involve Tuscany. And I kept um, feeling resentful and a little bit annoyed. Like he would talk about Rome, Rome, Rome or Venice, Venice, Venice. And finally, I spoke up and I felt like I was being rude or ungrateful or whatever. But I mean, my gosh, we've never been to Italy and we probably won't go back for years. So it makes sense to speak up and say what you want. I think this is number five. Practice speaking your opinion. You're not being rude. So if you feel this way, at first do it with things that will only affect you. Um, And then later you can do it with things that seem to matter. So like yesterday, I got asked to work, to cover for somebody. And my first thought was, oh gosh, I should do it. I should do it. You know, this um, person has a sick kid, like I should do it. Then I looked at my calendar and I have a mammogram, a retina appointment, a therapy appointment. I'm coaching somebody. Um, and there was something else going on, an accountability group. And I was like, no, I I don't want to work. If I work, I'm going to feel resentful. I'm going to have to reschedule all this. I'm going to spend the day kind of, you know, feeling pissy. So I said no. (sighs) All right, number six, what price are you paying to make other people happy? So it's costing you something. There's always like this balance, you know, picture that, that scale. And the more you make other people happy, that weighs the scale down in their favor and it makes you not as happy. So the trick here is that you're making a choice. So I mentioned earlier, like if you have kids that um, have special needs, if you have a husband that's had like cancer or a traumatic brain injury or something, you may find yourself, your side of the balance is empty. So how you sort of look at this differently is you choose. You say, I I love this person. I am choosing to take care of them. I am choosing to put their needs above my own. And you do that as a choice and that makes all the difference. But you are still going to have to, you're still going to have to make little choices in your favor. You're still going to have to do show you show up for yourself in little ways, even if you can't do it in the major, you know, time spent during the day kind of ways. excuse me, I got a frog in my throat. Number six, start using your body compass to decide what your body wants. It will not betray you like your mind will. So your mind will convince you you're being rude, you're being, you should do this, just like with work yesterday. 
So there is a YouTube video I made on body compass and it's your body will let you know what it wants. If you can just quiet down for 30 seconds and listen to your body. And there's, so there's a way to rate on a scale from negative um, 10, which is something you really, really, really don't want to do that would feel horrible all the way up to zero, which is neutral. And then all the way up to positive 10, which is like, yes, yes, I really want to do this. So watch that YouTube video. It's um, Coach Hope Cook, if you just look that up in YouTube. All right, number eight, ask your future self what she wants for you. And so if you've never done a visualization with your future self, look up Tara Brock, B-R-A-C-H, future self visualization. And it's the coolest meditation. Um, You basically visit your future self and you can ask her any question. If you have trouble with your imagination, there are other ways to do this. Um, But if you picture yourself like 10 years from now, maybe your hair's turning gray, maybe not. And you kind of ask her like, hey, what what do you think I should be doing right now? You're going to get a pretty clear answer. The other thing is picture your 10-year-old self. You know, when you were in fourth or fifth grade, like how would you want your life to turn out? And if you could like meet with that little girl, like hang out with her, what would she think of your life now? What would she think of how you're prioritizing things? All right, number, I don't even know, maybe 11. Um, Which relationships allow you to be truly you? So you may have to let go of some relationships where it's all give and no take. And your body will let you know. So if you feel drained, put upon, um, I love that expression, put upon. If you feel um, draggy, if you're like, oh, I really don't want to get together with her. Or I feel so bad about myself after I'm around her. Those are signs. So you're either going to have to start speaking up and be a little more assertive. Being assertive is not being rude. Um, you're going to have to either change that relationship or give it up. Okay. I think that's all the time we have, but reach out. If this resonates with you and you're like, I need more of this, reach out hope.cook at gmail.com. Like I said, in the beginning, we have a group coaching coming up starting mid-January. It's going to be a very small group, probably I'm guessing six to eight women. Um, and it is going to really reinforce a lot of what we've talked about on the podcast. All right. I will see y'all next week. Thank y'all for listening. It was so much fun talking to you today. All right, if you are ready to make some major changes in your life, if you're at the point where you are sick and tired of feeling stuck and directionless and you really don't know what to do next or where to go, maybe it's time we had a little chat. So I have it set up on my website. You can schedule a free 30-minute discovery call and we'll sit down and decide if we're a good fit. Maybe you'd prefer group coaching. Maybe you need one-on-one coaching or maybe you just want to talk and and say hello. So go on over to my website. It's coachhopecook.com. That's H-O-P-E-C-O-O-K.com and schedule the free discovery call. And I can't wait to talk to you. So See you next week, and hopefully I'll talk to some of you before that.